the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for The Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Welcome to The Bible Live Quiz Hour It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. Have fun and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Gotta get a 
push it on up there, the button up there. Good to have you with us, folks. Thanks for joining us for the Bible Live Quiz Hour here on a Sunday evening. Hope you've had a great weekend and that you and your family, especially, I hope that you enjoyed a good time. You had the opportunity to meet together with uh, a great church family, and you you are blessed with a, a church family uh, with whom you feel comfortable and, and uh, excited to be there every week. You're motivated to go and, and uh, have fellowship with other believers. Let them uh, encourage you and minister into your life and your family and so on. And at the same time, I hope that you're able to uh, pour a little bit of your heart and life into them as you uh, help others you encourage them in their walk with the Lord as well. It's so important, that idea that we are not uh, an island. No man is an island, that we need each other. It's one of those things that we say over and over again. Of course, life teaches us that, and yet we really, um, so many times, we miss out on that time of going and hearing God's Word opened and proclaimed and taught and uh, participating with other believers, uh, encouraging each other mutually in the faith. And at the same time, there's a lot of things that we can do together as as groups of believers that we can't do just as an individual. When we pool our uh, resources, we pool our understanding and our knowledge and our um, skills there's so much that good that we can do for uh, each other as God's people and, of course, for, for those around us, for our communities. So I pray that you are getting into and experiencing a wonderful, a vital church life, a vital life of fellowship with other believers. That's one of the things that we comes out in our Bible readings. Oh, well, all through the Bible, it, it's constantly taught to us, encouraged as God's people to come together to worship. Uh, but the book of Ezekiel, that's where we are these days. We have finished up just recently reading. Uh, let me see. I've, I've got the schedule here in front of me. We, we went through the book of Hebrews and the New Testament. We um, uh, went, what is it, Lamentations. Uh, recently, as we've moved through these books, we've moved from Jeremiah to Lamentations, uh, Jeremiah and Lamentations, where we observed and saw and lived through, as we read the scriptures, the experience of, of Israel being uh, devastated, being in the Jerusalem being destroyed and the temple destroyed by Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar, the emperor, the king of the Babylonians in 586 B.C. And of course, there had been Plenty of warning, long decades before, uh, even back in the time of Isaiah, God was warning them as a people to return, to come back to him, to get their hearts right with God, to uh, to to go back. Yeah, back up. The, you know, Some people make fun of that idea. In our times, there are a lot of people saying, look, America needs to go back to those founding principles. We need to go back to those truths, that worldview, that biblical worldview that sustained us as a country, as a nation through war times, or world wars, in fact, has sustained us through very difficult times uh, here, even in, domestically in the country, has taken us through great problems and growth pains of every kind and helped us to correct our course as a nation when it came to slavery and some other things. And, and yet, for some reason, we have been intent on abandoning the biblical God-centered worldview and we are suffering the consequences ourselves, just as in, our, in the times of Isaiah and Jeremiah. They warned 
the people of Israel over and over again. Your God is going to judge you. God is judging our country, and he's going to destroy us uh, and take away uh, the the blessings and the prosperity and so on, his protection from us if we don't return to him. And, of course, so many have been saying that same thing. I, I listened to um, a preacher last night. Um, oh, my lands, the, his name went right out of my brain. Uh, he's um, a great old pastor. The, the sermon I listened to was came from the 70s, way back in the 1970s. Even then, he was beginning to warn America and saying, you know, I had this dream. I saw this vision of our country. We're headed toward judgment. God is going to uh, destroy us and, and, and so on. And, and he, in his sermon, he predicted so many things way back in the 70s that we are seeing today. So many of the social ills and the social problems that we are seeing in our society, he predicted. And um, it, it, it was really quite amazing to listen to it. So we, too, are being warned. God always, God always warns people. He always warns of, of judgment and gives an opportunity for repentance and to turn back to God and to avoid his judgment uh, if there is a will to do so. So uh, maybe, uh, who knows, will we pay attention? Will we listen? I don't, I don't exactly know what will be the sign of that if America uh, turns back and away from uh, our swing toward sin and, and, and wickedness in so many different ways through the culture. Obviously, Soapy Dollar is not the only one that you've heard talking about this over and over again. We're hearing it, and frankly, not even from believers, not even just simply from believers and God's people and God's preachers and and teachers from the scriptures and so on. Not only from now, it's becoming almost uh, uh, nationwide. Uh, everybody is lamenting that we are in the wrong place. We're headed the wrong direction. We're doing something wrong, but I'm not sure. If anybody wants to do anything about it, you know, if we want to change our hearts and change our practices, and and, and I don't know what it would take. I, I, to be very honest with you, I think that each of us as believers, we, we just got to we got to make up our own minds, first at a personal level, then at our family and our relationships level, get, get back to God. And that, I think that's what I mean by we need to get back to church. I mean, it sounds like a cliché. Uh, and, and going to church just in and of itself isn't a solution. But if God's people start coming back together and pulling together and praying together and giving an emphasis again once more to worshiping God and being with God and, and, and tuning up the spiritual dimension of our lives through being with God's people, it will have an unbelievable uh, effect on us and uh, cumulatively on the society, on our neighborhoods, on our city, on our nation. So that's why I encourage you to get into a Bible-believing, Jesus-loving, spirit-guided congregation of people where the pastor loves his people and serves his people with a gentle and humble spirit, uh, teaches the Word of God, where God's people love each other. They uh, they they esteem each other, respect each other. They love uh, uh, those around us and try to reach out, not compromising with sin by any stretch, not compromising with wickedness, but but humbly and graciously uh, serving our city and our community and our neighbors. And you 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 know what I mean. We're talking about good, healthy, uh, a healthy congregation. 
uh, of people. The one that you go to and you walk in and you just feel the presence of God and you feel the and you know the people there are truly worshiping the Lord. I hope you have a, a church fellowship like that. I really do. And I hope that you are experiencing uh, the blessing that comes uh, and the encouragement that comes from walking with the Lord and, and to your own spiritual life as we uh, as we grow in that way. Well, that's that's what the book of Ezekiel is all about. Isaiah, Jeremiah, they they were teaching and preaching and leading the people as they led up to the time of judgment, as they led up to the time of destruction. At the same time that they are over in the promised land, uh, preparing the people and warning the people about the destruction of uh, Jerusalem, about the coming judgment, about the destruction of the temple, this young man named Ezekiel, he was about, he's 22 years of age. He was taken over into Babylon uh, somewhere in one of the earlier, um, in one of the earlier attacks on Jerusalem. Remember, um, Nebuchadnezzar attacked Israel in Jerusalem three times. Um, one in, let me see, somewhere 605 B.C., I believe it was, uh, as he was making his way over to the famous Battle of Karchemish. So the 605, and that's when he took a great number of the, he was returning, actually, from the Battle of Karchemish, and he took a number of people. That's when he took Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, some of the famous, more well-known uh, exiles, he took them over into uh, into Babylon, and probably at that time is when he took Ezekiel, this young man who was a he was a seminary student. He was uh, studying for the priesthood. He was preparing to be uh, a priest, a Levite, and lead help lead the people of Israel. And God called him into the ministry as a prophet of God. He was a younger contemporary of Jeremiah. But all the while Jeremiah was ministering to the people still in Judah, Ezekiel was preaching and prophesying to those already exiled in Babylon after the defeat of Jehoiakim uh, later in 597. So Nebuchadnezzar invaded Israel in 605 and later in 597. And finally, for the last time, in 586 B.C. Now, we've read the first, uh, how many co- how many chapters now have we read of Ezekiel already? We've read chapters 1 through 22, 1 into chapter 22. And I'll open the, the uh, scriptures here, and I'll give you a few questions in just a moment that you can answer about this particular book of the Bible, this particular prophet. Um Ezekiel was a man who, in the midst of that difficult, difficult time, he chose to obey God. Although he was a priest, we find that in chapter 1, verse 3, he served as a street preacher, actually, uh, on the streets of Babylon for 22 years, telling everyone there about God's judgment and salvation and calling them to repent and obey the Lord. Uh, And Ezekiel lived what he preached. He, during his ministry, God told him to illustrate his messages with dramatic object lessons. Uh, he sometimes he preached uh, naked. He sometimes uh, he used dramatic object lessons, uh, lying on his side for 390 days, during which he could eat only one ounce of meal, uh, meal a, a day cooked over the manure, shaving his head and beard, showing no sorrow. When even in, in the uh, 
time of his the death of his wife, he was not allowed to show sorrow and grief, uh, but he faithfully continued to uh, proclaim God's word uh, to the people to the people of Babylon and to the people of Israel that were there in the country. Remarkable individual, this uh, guy. He was musical. He uh, he understood street theater, the power of arts, uh, the power of speech, and and uh, and um, rhetoric. Uh, he he did all of those things. A remarkably gifted, talented fellow, and he was over there for twenty two years, preaching to the people in Babylon, even as Jeremiah was preaching to the people over in Israel. And of course, we'll see as we go through the book of Ezekiel, uh, the principal theme is, is is one of the principal themes is worship. He's calling the people to genuinely, truly seek God and worship God. And so we we see that taking place in in his sermons, and we call see him condemning and exposing false religion and religiosity and and uh, false preachers and 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 prophets who compromised the faith and compromised their belief in, God, in God's word, and they were not teaching and preaching and living the the message of God. So Ezekiel was very courageous in that way as well. Well, let me give you a few uh, questions to get us started tonight from the book of Ezekiel. Uh, we also read Psalm 119. We're making our way through this longest chapter in the Bible, and of course the longest psalm as well, Psalm 119. So we read verses 65 through 144. Let me give you a couple of questions that come from Psalm 119. Now, if you remember correctly, uh, and I think you probably do, Psalm 119, it is said to have been written by Ezra. As you, and if what, we, what do we remember about Ezra? He was one of those men who guided and uh, led some of the people of Israel to return back from Babylon back to uh, Israel backed to Jerusalem. Remember Cyrus the Great, uh, this great emperor of the of the, um, the Medo-Persian Empire. Uh, he, after they had conquered the Babylonians, he was the one who allowed them to go back and open the door for that. And Nehemiah and, and Ezra were some of the leaders. Ezra was a man who was very committed to the Scriptures. When he got back into uh, Israel, he helped rebuild the temple. And he helped restore worship. And he wrote the book of, it is thought that he wrote the book of the Chronicles, this history of the people of Israel. It's a selected history where he's trying to remind the people of the returning uh, exiles from Babylon. He's trying to remind them of who they are, who their God is, and their calling, the unique covenant with the true and living God. So he wrote Chronicle. He wrote, the, the, of course, the book of Ezra his own experiences, and it is thought, too, that he wrote Psalm 119, perhaps even uh, a couple of other psalms, but almost every verse in Psalm 119 has to do with the Scriptures. Uh, So I'm going to ask you this question. Uh, Give three different words that that the psalmist, the writer, Ezra here, Three different words that the writer of Psalm 119 uses when he's talking about the Scriptures, when he's talking about the Bible, God's Word. He he uses different expressions 
uh, throughout Psalm 119. Just give me three of those different words or expressions that he uses to describe the scriptures. All right. That's one question for you from Psalm 119. Let me ask you one more other. And that is this. Call in tonight. 340-9585. Call in tonight, and if you can call in and give us a a simple testimony. I'm not talking about an hour sermon or a 30-minute sermon, but maybe just a simple testimony of one specific time, one specific instance in your life that when the Bible affected you for good. What What is one specific benefit that the uh, or positive effect that the Bible has had in your life. I'll let you call in tonight and talk about that. And you can kind of add your verse, <laughs> your little sex segment here to Psalm 119. So the first question is: Give three different words that the writer of Psalm 119 uses for the scriptures. The second question is: Just call in and give us a just a, a brief testimony, just a simple. Statement. Uh, it can be very simple and brief if you'd like. Uh, a, a brief testimony of one specific benefit, one positive effect that the Bible has had in your life. All right? I'd love to hear that, and I know our listeners would as well. The phone number is 340-9585. So you can call in any time and answer those two questions from the Psalms. Or let me give you several questions now from the book of Ezekiel. Let's ask this. How old was Ezekiel, and where was he when God called him to the ministry, when God called him to be a prophet? You'll find the answer in chapter 1 of the book of Ezekiel, chapter 1, verse 1, and uh, you can find it right there. How old was Ezekiel, and where was he when God called him to the ministry. God called him and impressed upon him the importance of proclaiming the word of God, of being a prophet. Okay, now then, uh, let's go to the first vision. There is this this first vision that Ezekiel describes uh, for the people there he's preaching to. He has these visions, and Ezekiel has a number of them. We'll talk about them through the evening. But what were the four faces of the four beings in Ezekiel's first vision. There were four faces, four different beings in his initial vision. What were the four faces that he saw? That's found in chapter 1, verse 10. Okay. In chapter 2, what did God command Ezekiel to eat? God commanded Ezekiel to eat something. And it's very unusual. It's not a normal thing. <laughs> that uh, it's not like an apple or a, a, you know chocolate pie or or even something bread or something more modest. He told him to eat something very different. What was it? In chapter two, verse eight, and you can read about it as well in chapter three, verses one through three. Ezekiel two eight. Ezekiel 3, 1 through 3. What did God command Ezekiel to eat? Okay, well, let me see here. Let me jump down a little further into the book so all the questions don't come from those opening chapters. Uh, This is a famous uh, 
imagery that even Jeremiah used this imagery in his preaching as well. Um, In chapter 10 of the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel sees the same four beings. um, Let me see if I'm... Is that the right... No, no, I'm wanting to ask this other question. Um, In the false prophets... The false prophets and the corrupt leaders that were trying to lead and influence the people, God's people there in in, uh, Babylon, these false prophets and corrupt leaders, that is always a problem that people have to deal with. We have to deal with it today as well. They told the people that Jerusalem was safe from the Babylonians, that they were like meat, meat that was being kept safe in what? They were like meat that was being kept safe in what? All right. So what is the answer to that? 340-9585. 340-9585. If you'd like to call and answer any of those questions, I'll have my eye here on the uh, on the phone and would love to take your call. Don't go away now. We're going to take a quick break, let you hear from some of our program supporters and sponsors, and we'll come back and answer, let you answer some of these questions with some prizes. Maybe put out some more questions for you to answer and talk about the beauty, the power, the importance of God's Word to our lives today. Don't go away. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist, Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work and we had got our oil done before, it took us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Hi, this is Pastor J.D. Link of Abundant Grace Fellowship Church in Blanco, Texas, inviting you to join us for Grace Reveal Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. here on AM 630 KSLR. 
This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. We are back. Thanks for joining us. We've got a lot of questions out there for you tonight, and we can uh, add some more, all coming from this book of Ezekiel. So let's get started, see if we can bring some of our listeners up and get them, give them a chance to answer questions, win some great prizes, and uh, just the great prize, the great uh, privilege we have is scratching a little deeper into the God's Word and maybe finding a little nugget that will bless our lives tonight. First one up tonight is Robert. Hi, Robert. Thanks for calling in. If I got Robert here, let me hit the button, make sure Robert's on the line with me. Hi, Robert. Hi. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Thanks for calling in. Well, thanks. Uh, I would say it was the ox, the eagle, and uh, the lion and the man. Those were uh, the, the four things in that vision. Exactly uh, right. Over human, in Ezekiel chapter the 1. Being, the human being, the lion, the ox. And the eagle. Now, do you have tell? Give me a little bit more. You had some uh, some additional thoughts there about maybe what those faces meant. Uh, I really uh, haven't looked at that one for a while, uh, but uh, I think uh, some people look at uh, some of the tribes: uh, Rehoboam, Judah, Joseph, and Dan, perhaps, but. Uh, those were four tribes which uh, surrounded the tabernacle in the wilderness, and uh, there's uh, some indication that uh, those uh, faces represent the four tribes that surrounded the tabernacle. But uh, I, I was taught that by a minister a long time ago. Uh, but uh, I, 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 now I don't just stand by that interpretation or anything, but that's something that he thought he found. Yeah, there has been a lot of uh, conjecture about that particular this particular vision that uh, Ezekiel has. Uh, each of the four but, living uh, beings, there's four faces, uh, and I, to some we degree, had Sukkot in the park today. Uh, four of the congregations in the San Antonio area, really, uh, who uh, observe Torah. We we had Sukkot in the park today, even though it's a little early. Sukkot really just began, and. Uh, I'm looking at the blood moon right now, and I don't see any stars, and uh, it's pretty exciting right now. Isn't it? It is. It truly is. Did you see the the moon earlier today, this morning? I was up very, very early, about 5.30 or 6, uh, getting ready for our workout at Lackland Air Force Base with the trainees, and man... You talk about a big moon. <laughs> it was, it, it was so big. You just felt like you could reach up and touch it right there, hanging over over the horizon. It's a mm-hmm. beautiful time of the year, and it's, it's some some amazing things going on. Mm-hmm. It really are, Robert. Thanks, thanks for calling. I'm going to turn you over to uh, John and let him, if you don't mind, take down some information, and we'll try to mm-hmm. shoot you some uh, gifts and prizes. All right. Well, by the way, uh, the the uh, there could be judgments coming with this blood moon, but uh, yeah. I think right now the saints of the Most High they 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 are gathering into their into their camps for Sukkot and they'll be in the place of protection. And right now I, I think there could be some judgments coming for our country pretty soon. I, I I'll be honest with you. I think they've already started coming. I start I think they. You, you know how the, as you look in the Old Testament the way judgment came upon people that there was. It, it was a slow process. God gave time for repentance and time, and He kept giving warnings. I think I think judgment has already begun. We're already beginning to see 
a lot of the consequences of, our, of some of the decisions we've made as a nation. You know, and I don't know what that means. I think it just kind of means the moral consensus that we, uh, that as a I, generally, I don't know when there's enough believers to make a difference. When is that critical mass that we might reach in terms of our lives, in terms mm-hmm. of our prayers? But I think we already we've already seen many years now of God dealing with our some of the terrible decisions yeah. we've made, and and I think there what you're talking about is maybe an increased, more intense, recognizable. Seems like everybody seems to be noticing it, not just yeah. not just believers, but even the secular population. I seems was hoping to notice when it. the when the Supreme Court made their decision, I was hoping more more uh, clergymen would uh, yeah. say, well, we've got to turn back to, to Moses. And, yeah. and uh, the reason that uh, people got off track and people just, it started to get so loose in our country yeah. uh, is that we got away from the law of Moses. Exactly. And uh, yeah. I think that we're paying for that. But I haven't seen it. No. That many, yeah. that many uh, clergymen are really doing that. They're just so, sort of saying the same old thing. And I thought the Pope, he was kind of, uh, he was kind of downcast and kind of shy yeah, uh, you know, but I think maybe I think they have so many problems in that church that that he yeah. really can't speak out boldly. Yeah, he just kind, of, he just kind yeah. of beats around the bush. Yeah, uh, they've they've lost that moral high ground. They've compromised in so many ways. And I'm not talking particularly personally about. It. I don't even know the man. I don't know at all about his spiritual life. Or I, I guess I would assume and give him the benefit of being a, of being a sincere uh, yeah. believer. It's, it's, it's hard for a seven year old man. To go out there and preach boldly, <laughs> you need that twenty-two-year-old uh, Ezekiel, right? Somebody with well, and and also he's doing it in another language. True. So he, he, uh, I think we need somebody to really speak out. Uh, so uh, hopefully yeah. that's going to be coming. Robert, I'm praying with you in that very, very same way, and you're very encouraging the call today and the, the folks gathering together to worship God and seek the Lord's face in, in, in united way. That That's always encouraging. I think that God sees that and, and will respond to that. I really do. Don't hang up now, okay? Yes, sir. Don't hang up. Talk to John. Let's go and talk with Austin, who has also called in. Richard, you and David, don't hang up. I'm going to try to move as quickly as I can through uh, our callers and give you all a chance to uh, answer some questions for us, uh, help clear up some of these things, and also share some of your thoughts about these times we're living in and maybe the relevance of, of God's message to us as it comes from the book of Ezekiel. So, Austin, thanks for calling in. What's going on in your world today? Hi. Well, I was interested in uh, testifying about the Word, like you said, but yeah. I'll try and answer any questions you'd like me to. Oh, I'd love to hear um, that. That, that to me, would be so special to hear some way that yeah, I, the, the Scriptures have been helpful to you or impacted your life, some specific way. Well, there's a, a number of ways. Uh, I guess I'll go for the pragmatic rather than the small, miraculous things that have happened. Well, I like them all. Um, <laughs> when I've uh, had... At first, when I tried to just copy down and memorize positive verses as they occurred to me, I didn't get much out of that. But then when I focused on the verses that were actual promises that I felt like applied to me or that were particularly meaningful and memorized those, that really uh, affected me and and, and, uh, improved my outlook a lot. And another thing that uh, has really helped me is uh, when I discovered study Bibles, Yes. And the, the illumination that those notes at the bottom can provide from scholars. It really does help, doesn't it, Austin, to, to have... I mean, I'm not saying we have to have it, because I think 
The scriptures can speak. At, they're like an onion. They can speak to us at a various levels of our life and experience. But I think when we are able to have that put a, a particular passage, for example, even the book of Ezekiel here, when we can put it into a date and a time and a circumstances when, you know, Nebuchadnezzar uh, had taken Ezekiel. He was over in Babylon living as an exile, uh, as a forced immigrant, as we might say. That bring, Just using the word immigrant makes it alive for us today a little bit, doesn't it? Um, and so he's over there having this experience, and he's trying to preach to the people of Babylonia and also, but to the other exiles there in the land. You get more of a picture of what he might be experiencing, what he might be feeling, and and a little bit of the experience of the people there. And, and I think it really helps. And I, I agree with you. We're so blessed to have uh, a lot of uh, scholarship, a lot the, the results of a lot of, of research that people have done, made with the Scriptures. We sure can benefit yeah. from it. You're right. Yeah, I like the recommendation of the ESV study Bibles. They admit that the human parts are errant, so why not read the Bible and then read the notes and then read the Bible again and let the Bible speak for itself in light of the notes. Amen. I agree. I agree 100%. Now, explain to me just quickly, uh, we're going to run you over and get Richard in a moment, but I'd love to hear again, Austin, what you said about how the Scriptures blessed you, they seem to bless you more or speak to you more clearly or more uh, more intensely when you not just writing out verses that you thought sounded good or they seemed dramatic and nice, but you actually wrote out verses or memorized them that had to, they in some way described something that you were going through at the time. Did I understand you correctly? Yeah. When I started focusing instead of on just generally positive verses, yeah, I focused on actual promises, and in particular promises that dealt with a. Uh, my personal situation. Uh huh. So Such can you give my, me a, uh, my medical you, situation? Give Give me an example. Do you mind? Is it? Uh, I'm asking. Oh, too much. sure. But, like uh, Psalm uh, Psalm thirty four nineteen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Uh huh. And and, and and things like that. How did you apply that? You were going through some medical things, you say, and they. And oh, they, I'm still going through them, but. It's just uh, it's just nice. It just really helped me to read the words. Uh, some of them uh, seemed more uh, universally applicable. I, I really love Psalm 41 and how it talks about how blessed is he who considers the helpless. And in verse 3, it talks about how uh, the Lord will restore him from his uh, bed of sickness. Because uh-huh. I'm stuck, I'm stuck on my bed. Uh huh. And um, how about that? Yeah. And so just just reading these promises like that, and and, and thinking that these these might apply to me, and I yes. can, and I can you know look forward to, to to hoping that they will be fulfilled in a real actual way in my life. Uh, really, really uh, brings a lot of hope. It does. Oh man, I, that is so. I I so appreciate you sharing that because I, I think it helps a lot of people to. To kind of, and there are folks that have the same kind of experience you're talking about, but I think it helps us to hear uh, that just that little bit of advice about take a passage and personalize it. You know, let it not just a, because it's a positive verse and, and so on, but something that maybe speaks yeah, to where Bonhoeffer you are. Yeah, Bonhoeffer used to recommend doing that, meditating on a single passage and seeing on what God was saying to you through it. I don't know if I would do that, but that's what he always had his students do. Yeah, yeah. I I think that that's perfectly fine. I mean, 
we don't we don't put God in a box. We don't obligate God to act in a certain way necessarily. But but we do meditate. And we and the better we get to know Him and His ways, the more accurately we can be in tune with what God is doing in our own life, maybe in the life of others around us, and that of course enriches our prayer life like like nothing else. It, when we begin to sense and think biblically and think with God's heart and God's mind. It's a big thing to say, and it sounds rather ambitious, but that's part of the reason that God gives us his word, so that we can be in tune with his heart and with his thoughts and uh, and uh, renew our mind, as we're told in, uh, in the book of uh, Romans, be renewed by the renewing of your mind through the scriptures and all. Thank you so much, Austin. Yeah. That's great. Don't hang up. Talk to John, and let me send you a little packet, maybe a gift or two, okay? All right. Thank all you. right. You bet. Don't hang up. Hang in there. And let's go and visit with Richard. Thank you, Richard. I am so glad you're patient enough to stay with us. And I want to encourage David to hang on there as well. We'll get over there as quickly as we can. Richard, how are you? Uh, yeah, it's Richard. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good, Sophie. How's Jacob? Well, Jacob is great. I've been hearing from him. He's working hard on his book. Uh, okay. He's He's got a... I, I'm just praying for him in this wonderful two-volume uh, book that he's trying to come out with, talking about uh, as a Hebrew scholar and someone who knows, uh, you know, the Jewish tradition and language and history, trying to bring that to bear. And as we look at the scriptures, and we've already been enriched so greatly by his uh, comments and his insights over over the months and years that passed. But he's trying to pull together this book now that he that he's been working on for a long, long time. Got you. So I'm excited uh, about it. I'm going to answer the question on what uh, Ezekiel uh, ate yes, uh, uh, during the his 390 days. Yeah, uh, that's something. It's a very unusual thing. It's not a steak. It's not a hamburger. What did God no, command he, Ezekiel uh, to uh, eat? What bothers me is why the Lord made him lay on his left side for so many days. Uh, you know, it seems so cruel to me. But it was bread. Uh, well, uh, actually, it was not. I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, maybe we're looking at a different passage. But in Ezekiel two, verse eight, it says, uh, "Son of man, listen to what I say to you. Uh, do not join them in their rebellion." And he's talking about these false teachers and false preachers. Open mm-hmm. your mouth and eat what I give you. And then I looked and saw a hand reaching out to me, and in his hand, hand he held, it wasn't bread. What was it? <laughs> I, can't, I can't answer that, Richard. We've got to leave okay. that out there. That's, that's, that's a good <laughs> I tried question. to trick you, but it didn't work. <laughs> well, uh, it usually, I wanted to tell it, you something works. else. Uh, I'll tell you what, it usually works, because I'm, uh, but I really do want someone to answer that one. Let's give you another question, though, because I'm almost certain there's another question that you can well, answer. Well, I go by memory. I, uh, yeah. I, uh, I read the Bible, but I can't remember. Uh, oh, I know what you mean. Bible. Don't worry. We'll find one. I'm pretty sure that you're going to be able to, uh, I, I wanted to ask you something real important that's been bothering me for years. What is it? Uh, was it Nebuchadnezzar that uh, wanted to build this tall tower, and he shot an arrow into the air? Is that the same? Uh, do I have that right? You know, I'm going to have to, maybe we'll call on our listeners out there, Let this wonderful resource we have he, out he there. He wanted to do something, I guess, greater than God. So he wanted to make a tower to the heavens or something. Is that when uh, now th- that language you they, just now they used? They talked in tongues after it, after uh, 
he shot the last arrow when it was real high. Well, you know, Richard, let, let me think on that a moment. I do remember, was that just prior to his, remember he had an experience in Ebenezer Deer when he went insane. He was like an animal, it says, in the pasture. He he went out and wandered. He almost he lost his sanity for a period of time during his reign, and then it was restored to him. I don't know if you remember that. And it no, might, I don't. It might be connected to that kind of experience. Maybe one of our listeners, it also may, reminds me of the Tower of Babel. Remember, they built that tower so that they would not be scattered through the world, as God had told them to scatter, spread out, fill the earth, and they were trying to stay together. And at the Tower of Babel in, in Genesis chapter 11, then, we see um, God uh, using languages, confusing their language uh, to make the people scatter. I want to let you go real quick, okay. but I wanted to mention something to you. Sure, tell me. Um, about eight years ago, you wanted a testament. That were, I've been reading the Bible for a long time, but uh, I go by memory when people ask me questions. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, uh, it was at night, and I was sleeping. And I had a voice. I know it wasn't God. Uh, you know, probably wasn't Satan. Uh-huh. But I was driving a Chevy Chevette. You know, that's a little tiny car. Yeah. And the voice told me, this is the God's truth. If God was by me right now, he would agree with me. The voice said, get rid of that car tomorrow. I did I, I did what the voice said because I thought maybe it was God. Uh-huh. So I got a great big Cadillac, <laughs> and, and it was it was a real reasonable price. That's why I got it. Uh-huh. <clears throat> One day later, a drunk went through a traffic light and hit the wife and the two girls in the side of the car. Oh, were they? Protected? That was um, that was a saving moment, and it didn't hurt the, them at all. Oh, isn't and that the man horrible. was drunk? He was driving a van. Anyway, I wanted to let you know that avoid that voice. Uh, Richard, I don't know whose voice story. it was. Amazing All I know story. is I did what it said. Yeah, it's very personal, amazing story. I don't, frankly, I, I simply have no doubts at all. I, I, I believe in all of our lives, probably a lot of times even unseen and unnoticed, God has saved our bacon. You know, he has saved I, our I, lives. I believe that, really. Times. And this thing about the, uh, I think God right now is weeping. Uh, yeah. For this country, yeah, uh, especially over this abortion thing, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's a weird. I'm going to let you go. So, yeah, thank you, brother. I appreciate you calling in, Richard. Let's go and visit quickly with David and pick up his thoughts as well before we have to go to our time, our break time at the top of the hour. If you'd like to call and join us, 340-9585, and we've been asking you the questions coming from the book of Ezekiel tonight. And um, now, Richard, just ask us this question about, do you remember, was it Nebuchadnezzar who... Um, he was thinking of his experience of shooting an arrow and wanting to big, build a tower. Yes, I remember he he wanted to build something. That he, he built that huge statue. Was that Nebuchadnezzar or that Darius? Uh, one of the emperors of, of Babylon built this huge statue, and that was where Daniel did not fall in worship, and uh, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. So you have, you have a number of situations and experiences that that – are sort of like alike, you know. You see God dealing with these emperors of of uh, Babylon, but uh, Richard was asking, was there a time when Nebuchadnezzar 
uh, had that kind of experience. If you can remember that for us and help us out, look in your Bible and uh, and you have some knowledge on that, give us a call and we'll be glad to share some prizes with you just for calling in and helping us with, with Richard's question tonight. Let's go quickly, though, and visit with David before I use the time up uh, for this segment of the program. Hi, David. How are you tonight? Hi, I'm doing well, Sophie. Thanks. I'm glad to hear your voice. What's going on in your world? Anything special or anything in particular that you want to share with us tonight? Oh, well, I'm just um, thankful and, and grateful for God's, God's grace in my life, and I'm grateful that He He uh, continues to work and, and uh, yeah. teach me things and, and reveal more of uh, His truth to me, and, and I'm, I'm just grateful that... Uh, that uh, that he saved me. It's it's a blessing being a Christian. Amazing, David. That I, I was telling some of the airmen, some of the basic trainees. We had a, over a thousand seven hundred basic trainees come through our Bible studies this morning out at Lackland, and, and it's just wow. Oh, it's just an incredible thing. Uh, over a hundred every weekend making the first time decision to trust Christ and beginning their journey of a lifetime to walking with the Lord. And I was just talking about that fact that how how incredibly it is to. It, you know, I'm, I'm a 66 year old man, and these most of these guys are somewhere between 18 and 25. And I'm I'm talking to them about the incredible blessing it is to walk through all the seasons of life. You know, from young man, young married couple, and parents, and all this sort of thing. Now, as grandparents, and and just walk through life with your Creator, with God Himself, and just be able to just being able to get up every morning and know that you're part of His plan, and you're connected to Him, and what He's doing, and who he is and what he's doing in our world. It's just, it's an, an astounding privilege we have, isn't it? I mean, it's just, it's almost an unspeakable joy and privilege. It, yeah, it, it really is. And I think sometimes maybe we take it for granted and we really shouldn't. <laughs> Not anymore. I think when, the older you get, I think you stop taking that for granted. But uh, now, now, how long have you been walking with the Lord? A lot of years? Yes, well, it's been about uh, close to thirty years. I was uh, I was converted while I was in college. So. Is that right? How about that? Well, that's unusual in and of itself. You know, a lot of uh, uh, as we grow older, fewer and fewer we seem to be less and less open to the things of God. Uh, they say, you know, uh, I suppose people that study those kind of things. Well, that's pretty great. Where did you go to college by any chance? I'm uh, just curious. Uh, I, went, I went to college uh, in uh, upstate New York. I went to Cornell University. Well, how about you? Cornell is a quite a prestigious uh, institution. You uh, well, got to have a little. You got a little on the ball if you got to go to Cornell. That's great. Well, I, I guess so, but I'm, I'm thankful. That's I, I, was, I got involved with a, a campus ministry there. It was uh, called the Navigators. And oh, that, I love the Navigators. I came to, to faith in Christ. I'm, I'm, we love Navigators. I mean, they uh, we, we at Campus Crusade. We we and the Navigators are very good friends, and they sometimes I say they really do what we uh, sometimes talk about. You know, this idea of discipleship. How they really button down and they make a commitment to each other to hold each other accountable to grow in the Lord together. I I, I love the Navs. Uh, they're a great great ministry. Well, good for you. That's good to hear uh, that that little story from you. What did you want to do tonight? Did you want to answer a question or share maybe a thought of how the scriptures have meant, meant to you? Well, I wanted I did want to answer a question. So, but you had asked a question earlier about uh, Ezekiel uh, and what it was. I think in chapter two that he that God gave him to eat. eat. And I, yeah, I, I did. I did remember it. I'm very. Told him to eat a scroll. <laughs> yes, uh, one of our other callers said he thought he gave him bread, but no, it wasn't bread. He he gave him a scroll uh, of scriptures, uh, 
He said, then I looked and I saw a hand reaching out to me. It held a scroll, which he unrolled, and I saw that both sides were covered with funeral songs, words of sorrow, and pronouncements of doom. And the voice said to me, Son of man, eat what I am giving you. Eat this scroll and go and give its message to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he fed me the scroll. Fill your stomach with this, he said. And when I ate it, it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Very interesting passage. You know, Jeremiah said, uh, um, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy words were unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart in chapter 15, verse 16. And again, right. that's, that's Jeremiah prophesying over in Israel. At the same time, Ezekiel is over here in Babylon kind of receiving in some way the same message, the same impetus to, to meditate, to, to, to take God's word in, you know, to, to digest mm. it. You know, it's, yeah, a, it's a great word for it. us. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't read Ezekiel. It's been quite a while, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but, I, but I did remember. I recall that. Yeah, yeah. He told him to eat God's word. God's word. Amen. Good admonition for all of us, isn't it? Thank you, brother. Yeah. David. Thanks for calling in. Let me turn you over to John, and, and if you'd like, and I'd love to send you a little gift package with some of our coupons and uh, gift certificates from our sponsor. Just to be a little blessing, if we can, to you and your life. Thanks a lot. Oh, okay. It. Thank you, Shelby. You all bet. Right. Have a good night. Well, wow, great calls tonight from Robert, Austin, Richard, from David. Uh, maybe you could give us a call, 340-9585. And just before we take our break here in a moment, I'm going to uh, give you some new questions. You can always call in and give us just a brief testimony of maybe one specific benefit, one positive effect that the Bible has had in your life. That's one thing you can call about. Give uh, in the, in the uh, Psalm 119, the author, we think it is Ezra, uses a number of different words to talk about the scriptures. Can you give me at least three of the different words that, that Ezra uses in Psalm 119? It's a very long psalm. Uh, if I remember correctly, 150 verses. Or maybe 176. I, I'm, I'm going to have to go look it up here while I'm talking. It's a long chapter, a longest chapter in the Bible, the longest psalm, of course. Uh, so what are some of these words that Ezra, in that uh, Psalm 100, 176 verses, yeah, what are some of the words that he uses to talk, to refer to the, the, the Bible, the Scriptures? Okay, then how old was Ezekiel when he, uh, when he started when God called him to be a prophet. How old was he and where was he? That's found right there in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1. Um, and then uh, the false prophets and corrupt leaders uh, that were talking to the people, misleading the people, uh, they told the people that Jerusalem was safe from the Babylonians, that, that in fact they were like the meat that is kept safe in what? And it's the same imagery, actually, actually, that Jeremiah uses over there in Jerusalem. So give us a call if you know the answer, 340-9585. We'll be back with our final segment from The Bible Live. With that theme, we introduce our program, The Baptist Bible Hour, each Sunday morning at 9 o'clock here on KSLR. I hope that you will join us as we bring messages from the Word of God with an emphasis on the truth of His divine sovereignty. That's The Baptist Bible Hour every Sunday morning at 9 on The Word in South Texas 
AM 630 KSLR. Arlington, Texas is the place to be. The new 4D Justice League Battle for Metropolis ride at Six Flags Over Texas. Let's riders join the Justice League and fight bad guy Lex Luthor. Park slugger Josh Hamilton has returned to the Texas Rangers at Globe Life Park in Arlington. See your favorite baseball team bat, score, and run at the Open Air Baseball Stadium where there isn't a bad seat in the house. And the ballpark food is some of the most creative in the world. They have tacos, hot dogs, and shish kebabs that'll feed up to four people. Then squeeze in a tour of the iconic ballpark. It can't be missed. Visit Arlington.org for more information. Hi, I'm Don Crow. Join me this weekend for The Christian Outlook. We cover everything from the Bible and theology to politics and the persecuted church. All the stuff that matters each and every week. Hear from newsmakers, Christian leaders, voices you can trust. Join me on The Christian Outlook. The Christian Outlook, Sunday nights at 11 on The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. If you're new to the San Antonio area or haven't found a church that you can call home, check out the church directory at kslr.com. There you'll find a church near you, like Calvary Chapel, Four Winds Bible Church, Lackland Baptist Church, Trinity Baptist, Freedom Fellowship, Lighthouse Baptist, Friendship Church, River City Community Church, and more. Waiting for you on the church directory at kslr.com. What if you could look back over 150 years to find the actual addresses of your ancestors? It's possible to find these family details and so much more. Only at TryAncestry.com now through Sunday, you can have access to over 1 billion records in their city directory collection. It's a limited time radio exclusive that expires this Sunday. Take a step back in time and view records spanning over 160 years that trace family members' births, deaths, addresses from historical maps, church affiliations, and more. It's a national collection that can give you priceless details, stories, and clues to expand your family tree. These city directories haven't been open to the public for free access before, so don't miss this opportunity to have unlimited entry to this collection. Free access ends Sunday and is only at TryAncestry.com. TryAncestry.com. That's T-R-Y Ancestry.com. TryAncestry.com. AM 630 KSLR, KSLR.com, and on ChristianRadio.com. Tune in and the iHeartRadio app. Read the word and hear the word at KSLR.com. Take every chance that you can. Move together taking the stand. Never losing heart will speak as one. You're listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. All right, we are back. This is the Bible Live. We are the salt. We are the light. And uh, we've kind of been reminded by several of our callers tonight about this troubled times we live in, the difficult times. It seems to be universally accepted more and more. Even the secular uh, media, even secular individuals are beginning to notice that we are on the wrong track. We've made some terrible wrong decisions. And and will we correct our course? Will we as a nation? Now, see, I don't even know what that means. I, I can't tell exactly how would that how would it show if America is turning, 
if if God's people in the nation were, uh, and, and if the nation itself was returning to that uh, the, the, that biblical worldview of God-centered worldview, uh, how would it manifest itself? How would we see, how would we know that something special, something positive is happening? Maybe you can give me a thought about that. What are you looking for? What do you think? Are you looking at elections and maybe uh, a different results and in, in a different leadership? Are you looking um, at churches? Are you looking at uh, social events, uh, demonstrations? Uh, I, I always wondered, you know, what would it look like when true revival comes to a city or to a community? Right here in San Antonio, in our city, what would San Antonio look like if if revival came? And, uh, you know, uh, I forget who it was. Was it Richard? It was talking about uh, congreg- several congregations coming together to worship God and to uh, to uh, celebrate uh, 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 worship together in the park. Or And I always thought that that would be one of those things. You'd see young people singing songs of praise and enjoying and laughing uh, in, in the parks. You would see people coming together in prayer meetings in their in their neighborhoods, and you'd see uh, special gatherings of breakfasts and lunches where people are coming together with the purpose of, of praying or, or seeking God's face, uh, sharing the gospel. It seems like more and more you would see evidences of a movement among God's people, activity where the, where where they're reaching out, they're touching, they're they're doing things in the name of Jesus clearly and overtly, not just clandestinely, you know, not just hidden, but really uh, things happening. What what would you look for? What do you think would uh, be a good sign that here in, in our own city or even in the nation, what would be a sign that, that maybe we're turning a corner, maybe we are indeed uh finally heeding God's warnings and and the scriptures and turning back to the Lord. Maybe you can give us your thoughts on that. Let's go to uh, visit with another one of our listeners. Harold is calling in tonight. Good to hear from you, Harold. It's nice to hear from you, Sophie. Thank you. Uh, We're into this rich, rich book, the book of Ezekiel. I, I forget from year to year when I come to this book. It's an astounding young man. He incredible giftedness, and we see some wonderful passages. This vision of the wheel within a wheel. We see this vision of the four faces here. Uh, we actually see that same vision again in chapter ten uh, about the four faces of the, these four creatures. And then we see. Remember Ezekiel's famous sermon about the the valley of dry bones and and that uh, all of those. Oh, yeah, they're so. So many powerful, beautiful sermons and messages here for us, for our times as well, in the book of Ezekiel. Well, let's go to you, though. What did you okay. What did you have in mind tonight? Well, I wanted to share a little thing that happened, happened with me today. Okay. Um, you, know, you know, I haven't, uh, what am I trying to say? My boy just walked in the room, and it's about him, so I had to shoot him off. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. But, you know, I've been in trouble, despair, and just... Just a radical, I, you know. That's why I uh, uh-huh. haven't called. But uh, I, uh, I guess, because I'm running. But um, this morning I went to the Christian bookstore. The best time to go is around noon on uh-huh. Sunday because because everyone's in church, and you, you can get it, <laughs> you can get in and out. Beat all those selfish people to the uh, store. Well, <laughs> you know, and I've had an extra NLT Bible, which basically in my, throughout my life I've got two of everything for some reason, except yeah. for one thing God. Does not permit two wives, 
There you but, go. Uh, yeah, but who could use who could stand that anyway? I don't understand uh, it. But anyway, oh, let's enough. go. That's another that's topic. Enough. Yeah, and she's a blessing. Yeah, listen to us all. Amen. But um, anyway, I walked in. There was a couple of people in front of me, and I had a card there. And I asked the young girl. She goes, "Hi, I've seen you here before, and you know how it works." And I said, "Well, sure. I would like my son's name on here, Solomon H. for Harold Campbell." Uh-huh. Oh, that's nice. So I said, "I'll go have a seat on this table." So she walks up to me later, and she goes, sir, you've been sitting here for an hour. I've been for an hour? She goes, it's fine, but your Bible has been ready for 45 minutes. Oh, my goodness. And I somehow picked, well, I picked the Bible off the shelf, and I started, I will turn straight to James, and I don't really go that far back to the Revelation side of the Bible. Yeah. You know, but I, James chapter 1, and it deals with what I'm kind of going through right now. James one, one, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Oh, so I guess we're in a revival now. <laughs> you know? uh, well, you know, that is one way to look at it, isn't it? When, when count, I think there is a passage that talks about uh, the fact that God disciplines those he loves. And, and if God is disciplining us, if there seems to be something going on, and, and I'm not... I think discipline has the idea of correction, and I'm not I'm sure. I'm getting that, tired of the troubles. You I'm know not, what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not sure me. that they always mean that God is trying to correct you, though, Harold. No. Let me give you an idea I had recently about that. Because a lot of us go through troubles, and we often ask ourselves, God, is there something in my life that is displeasing to you? Is there something? And it could be, and the Lord will make that clear. He's not playing hide-and-seek with his will. He wants us to know, and so he'll make that clear to us. So that's one option, that there may be yeah. something in our life. The other option might be that he's trying to build some positive characteristic in our life by teaching us uh you know something about uh uh grace something about patience something about um you know our temper you know he could be he's trying to build a new truth and a new uh characteristic into our life as he conforms us to the image of messiah that's part of his work his his sanctifying work but then the other thing is that you have to be aware of too it isn't really, sometimes, Harold, it's not really all about us. It's when God has does something in my life, it could be that some hardship or difficulty I'm going through, I am going, I'm going through it totally sacrificially. And it has nothing to do with my behavior. I'm nothing wrong with me. And I'm, and I'm not, maybe it's not even for my benefit. Maybe God is teaching someone else something as they watch me go through this hardship. In other well, words, I, so I, I, that should be encouraging to you because I know you have a lot of people who watch you and watch your life. Well, I have learned uh, this this old wise man. He might not be that old, but he had <laughs> told me one time, um, it's not you, you know, but he had said one oh, time. Thank you. When, because I was saying I, I, I so much. And he said, I've noticed when people tend to focus on themselves so much, that means they're not focusing on others. Yeah. And you're you're kind of supposed to be focusing focusing on others, and then through that process, maybe good things to happen and this and that, and then you'll be rewarded by seeing the joy in in their hearts or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. But I, if you don't mind, I'll read one more verse because sure. I sat there for an hour and I didn't even realize it. I read I read, I read probably the whole book of James and I knew I didn't realize it. But the next verse three one three says, "For you." You know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. 
I mean, how much more faith do I need? I'm, I guess, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm really frustrated. I've been really in well, turmoil these last few weeks. I love that passage, though. Endurance is there, and so let it grow, it says, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Yeah. And, well, I don't want to, you know, spend here all night because you might. Um, oh, that's all right. Well, some more, well, I was thinking, of, a few of the guys mentioned Jacob. And I think if I've listened to him a lot, I mean, enough on the radio, part of that problem is, uh, on, on writing that new book is that, you know, if you have one person ask a question, you've got six different opinions. So maybe he's running into trouble. That's true, especially according to Jacob. If, if they I'm happen to be Jacob Jews, that way. Yeah. if they happen to be Jews, I, what does he say? Five people, you know, six opinions or something like that? You know? Yeah, something like that. But I, I sure do miss him. Yeah, I do too, actually. And I, we get a chance to visit and talk. And kind of kept, we, we, How long does it take to write a book? Did he go to Egypt or what? <laughs> How long does it take to write a book? You know, I've actually <laughs> been writing on a book for about 20 years. So it, uh, Oh, my God. Do you, know, do you remember the book um, Lord of the Rings? J.R.R. Tolkien. I mean, this is long. Do you realize he spent a lifetime writing that book? I, I did not realize that myself until, you know, you look up the matter, the the facts of the matter is, I think he spent over 40 years writing that book. And um, so anyway, I don't think, I, I don't think I Jacob's, think he's not taking that much time. He's uh, he's he's pretty much got it close to being finished. Uh, he's putting the final touches, and of course he has to approach a, a publisher. And, well, and let me ask you it. this. Um, if you don't mind, yeah. does he start writing maybe at nine o'clock at night when the show comes on the air, or what? <laughs> it, it, it just right, right there on the. Uh, he can that's take. Just, that's he, when he gets his best work done. Yeah, he could take you guys' suggestions and let let all of our listeners write the book for him. You know, something like that. I, maybe that's what's happened. It could be. <laughs> no, I don't know. We'll give him yeah, the idea. Miss, at least. You know, I missed y'all. I have listened to the shows live sometimes and. Then, of course, I go back and I yeah. heard, I think it was September 6th, all the nice things you said about him on the first week that he wasn't there. Yeah. You know, all the, you know, it was just a whole bunch of things I heard what online. A, yeah, he and, just uh, really contributed to all of our lives. And, and, uh, and uh, he, you know, he's not dead and gone, so we'll, you never know uh, what we might be. Um, maybe next a guest time we'll be to hear him. But uh, I know he loves to hear, he, he listens. He's told me he listened last week, and he, I like you too. So, you know, so he's. Uh, uh, well, sure, of course you uh, do, Harold. I mean, you know, I know you like me a lot, and but I love I love old, old uh, Jacob as well, and look forward to. We'll hear from him again, I'm sure. Yeah. You know what I noticed the, the other line. morning? I was going to work about. Well, I left an extra fifteen minutes early on y'all station, fifteen to six, and and the two preachers back and forth after the show. Apparently, they had a caller and. They were discussing how sensitive they have to be with the people that call in. They were talking about the Pope. Oh, I see. People yeah. were just saying things, yeah. and it's like, you know, I'm just the kind of guy that just wants to talk, say something. I'm not putting nobody down, and I like opinions from all different religions and all different right. aspects across life. Yours. Yeah. You know, everybody. Exactly. I don't think but, I like cruelty or necessarily uh uh, uh, unnecessary uh, sort of uh, criticism or something, but I don't mind straight talk. I don't mind people being honest That's about word, this yeah. is this is really as best I can see and as best I understand the scriptures and reality, truth about the world we live in. This is how I see that individual. I don't know how to. Someone asked me that the other day. They said, "You know, what do you, what do you think about the Pope being here?" And I just had to say very honestly, I, I really don't know. I I don't know. I don't know the Pope, <laughs> and I can't 
I can't pretend to know him. And that's what sometimes bothers me is that uh, someone comes, you know, let's say the Pope or someone else comes in, and all of a sudden everybody's got an opinion and everybody's talking very deeply right. about what he believes and how he believes and what he's going to do. And, and in my mind I'm thinking, but really do we actually – the same thing could be said for some of these uh, presidential candidates, you know. Do yeah. we really – Do you remember back in 1985, I think, or four? When the Pope came to San Antonio? I think I do. Yes, I do. And they had that terrible windstorm, and it blew things over and all this stuff. I don't remember that detail. but Yeah, it was, well, there was a separate, there was a group of people that were just so glad that happened. And I just, as a young guy, how old was I back then? Maybe 30. I just thought, why would somebody wish such bad things on people? That was 30 years ago. I guess he bypassed uh, San Antonio this time, evidently, right? (laughs) Did did he come into the country through the southern border? It seems like that was his stated intent. He wanted to come into America up through the southern border. Do you know know if he did that or not? I do not know for a fact. I was watching a lot of things online and how he got his start and where he lived and all the good things that he did with people down at the people level. Yeah, well, that you know, I I probably could benefit from learning some of that stuff too. I I, I assume he's not a total charlatan or a total no, you know, wicked person. I think we benefit from each other. Yeah, probably so. I I just don't, but I just have to confess, I really don't know much about him. Now, I don't, of course, I don't believe in the papacy and the doctrine. Of the where where Catholics get the idea somehow that oh, that I know, he but is the special. That's not what our unique, show's about. I mean. Yeah. That's not what your show's about. It's no, just no, changing it's information. Well, it's information. It's thoughts about how we think. I assume he has some benefit of some good thinking about some of the world situations and so on. So I'll take it at face value, and then, um, of course. Yes, and I think that's great. That's yes, all I we have can a lot do, of really. good Catholic friends. That's all Catholic any of friends. us can do, right? Harold, I'm glad you called. It's good to well, hear thanks you. Thanks for answering again for me. Yeah, oh, John was telling me, oh, Harold has called back. Yeah, we hadn't talked to Harold in a while, so we're I'm glad you did. We're good all right, to hear thank from you very him. much. You bet, man. Take care now. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, folks. We are just coming down to the last 10, 15 minutes of our program, so you can give us a call if you'd like. Let me answer some of these questions that have been out on the uh, airways now for a pretty good number of minutes. It says, give three words that the writer of Psalm 119 uses for the scriptures. And uh, I will give you a bunch here. He uses the phrase, translated, of course, to us into English, God's word, God's commands, uh, the co- God's commandments, his laws, his principles, God's precepts, God's decrees, and God's promises, all of those different words used to describe uh, God's word there in Psalm 119. And then we said call in and give a testimony uh, to one of the benefits that you have experienced, one positive effect that you have experienced in your life uh, from the Bible. And I'm still leaving that out there. If you'd like to give us a call, maybe there's some wonderful, uh, some someone from that great ministry called the Gideons. Uh, maybe one of you would give us a call. They have a, a great experience and commitment to the Scriptures. I think Ezra, if Ezra was living in our day, he would be a Gideon, a Gideonite. You know, he, would, uh, he would help distribute the Scriptures. Uh, but anyway, if you'd like to do that, give us a call, 340-9585. How old was Ezekiel, and where was he when God called him to be a prophet? He was 30 years old. He 
ministered for 22 years over there in Babylon, and he was by the Kibar River there in Babylon, in downtown Babylon, the corner of Main Street and 5th Avenue. I don't know about that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> downtown Babylon, somewhere there, by by the Kabar River in Babylon. Okay? Now then, let's see here. Um, actually, what's fun, sometimes you get, uh, get a, a geographic map of Babylon of that time, and you can see the Kabar River as well. Uh, and uh, kind of get more of a sense of where he was. There was a large Jewish uh, colony there, a colony of a colony of these exiles that had been taken over into Babylon. So there's the answer to some of our questions. We'll come back with a few more for you in just a moment. Before we do that, though, before the time gets away for, from me entirely, let's go and visit with Christopher, who is also calling in tonight. How are you doing, Christopher? Good to hear your voice. Uh, yes, sir. Good to hear your voice, too. And Thanks. good to uh, thank you for taking my call. You betcha. Yes, sir. Um, well, I I don't know if I can answer any of the biblical questions, um, but I did also have a comment about the Pope. And, good. Uh, if, if, if that's okay. I mean, sure it is. Sure it is, Christopher. I, I, in fact, it's, it's, it's not only okay, we welcome it. With, I'd love to hear what some of you are thinking, what some of because this has been made a big deal of, you know, that he's coming here. It doesn't happen that often and all. And people are drawing all kinds of conclusions from some of his words and so on. Uh, do you see it as, uh, as positive? Or as, how, how are you viewing his visit? Well, I, I think it's, um, I will tell you this right now, the blood moon is over San Antonio, the one that, that's been, uh, a lot of people are making a lot of big deals about. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I saw it right now, and I was just like, wow. And um it seems bigger, doesn't it? For some reason, it, it seems so huge in the sky. Yes, they're saying it's the supermoon, too. And, yeah, and, supermoon. You know, there's been four blood moons on four um, of the Jewish uh, High Holy Holidays, if I'm not mistaken. And yes. With the, with the uh, total eclipse uh, in the middle, which is um, amazing, um, I just wanted to say that I like this Pope. Um, although I'm not Catholic, I have to say that I really have a lot of uh, good feelings about him. I don't feel anything. Uh, I know that we can't go based on our feelings. The Bible says that, you know, we can't trust our own heart, that, yeah. that we have to, you know, go by truth and the Word of God. But um, I don't think that a lot of people are saying, oh, he's the Antichrist and things of that nature. Hmm. I think that's slander. I, I don't think it's right to, to call him that. I think we should, you know, wait and see. Um, what he does, I do have to say that I like the things that he addressed, uh, the issues that he has um, taken on. That is a lot for a pope to take on. I mean, he has done it um, all within a span of two days while being here. Right, um, and he's and he's an older man, so it, this. It, it, I mean, this is. I, I saw him uh, coming down the steps of somewhere, and, and at times he would be with the president, and, and he was almost looked like he was almost asleep. And I think he's in his seventy, seventy six, or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but yeah, he's he's here uh, at great personal effort and sacrifice. I'd say so. I I agree with you. I don't I don't see any reason particularly to be uh, uh, cruel or. Uh, in any kind of a vicious attack, um, I, I think we can be critical and accept some of the, the all of his pronouncements about uh, the economy. Uh, he obviously has been heavily influenced by the socialistic mentality of Europe. 
Uh, he's obviously has a kind of a socialistic bent. He's uh, or his pronouncements seem to be taken that way. Maybe he's just talking about us being personally good, godly, giving, generous people. But he seems to be taken in the sense of what government should do. And it, so one of his pronouncements about uh, about uh, the environment, you know, the, the, uh, our global warming and all that sort of thing. I think he's safer and better when he sp- sticks to moral, you know, values of the scriptures and so on and it encourages us in there but uh, you know we just hear and and try to evaluate as best we can from the point of view of, of the scriptures and God's truth i suspect it sounds to me I, I i can't imagine him not being a genuine sincere believer in the lord and it seems it seems impossible that he would not be at least genuine in his faith so Anyway, uh, you didn't ask me for my opinion, but I, I kind of weighed in there a little bit. Anything else you want to add to that? What you say? Um, well, just that I, 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 I think he's a good man. I, I, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm trying to. I'm trying to do a lot of things at one time while I'm on the phone with you. Um, I think he's um, he's genuine. I don't think he's a lot of things that people say yeah. about him. I think if, if they are going to to think that, I mean, it yeah. just. It, I mean, like a lot of people say that the president is the Antichrist. He's not the Antichrist. I can guarantee you that because <laughs> the Bible says in the book of Daniel that he's going to come from the people that destroyed the Jewish temple the second time. That's only, that means that that person has to be um, Roman, or and, and the Romans used three different Roman legions, which were uh, I see. the Assyrians. So it's not possible that that person is uh, President Barack Obama. Yeah. And, and as far as the Pope goes, we don't know the, the time. Um, no man knows the day or the hour when the Son of Man returns. So we don't know when Christ is coming back. So right. to say that it's him just because he's of Italian descent is not fair either, because out of the Romans there were, I believe, ten different groups of people, and three of them are, are you know, they, they, they're not around anymore. So there's no telling where he could come from, but I don't think it's, it's the Pope. I don't think so. I think no, he's a good I, man. I kind of don't think so either. But I'll be honest with you. I don't get into a lot of times. You know, everybody's got an opinion, and, and but you know, I'm not sure how constructive it is to get into all this great detail about um, the Antichrist and this and that. I mean, frankly, I, although I'm I'm mildly interested, and I find it a, a point of curiosity, and I don't find it. In other words, I don't. I, I'm not totally critical of anyone who gets involved with the idea of it but even the idea of the blood moon and this stuff these are all things they're they're curiosities they're interesting we don't we won't really know what they mean until after you know until after the fact Uh, but most of the time when the bible talks to us about the end times when the bible talks to us about the end times the antichrist and all this stuff the what the bible wants us to learn from it it's very clear. I mean, it even makes the point. Every time Jesus is talking about the end times, every time uh, one of the apostles is talking about the end times, they always end up their presentation by saying, so be ready. <laughs> be busy. Be busy serving the Lord. Be walking with the Lord. Be busy uh, loving people and living for the Lord. And and so that's that's what you take out of it. And, and so I don't know. I don't recognize necessarily the end times signs. I'm not overly interested in them. What I'm interested in is being ready. I'm interested in being 
a man of God and walking with the Lord and trying to live as holy and pure life as I can by his grace and by his power, uh, owing up and, and confessing my sins and my weaknesses to him. But but mainly just the idea of be busy in the service of the Lord. Not That's what we're called to do, not... Not <laughs> there's no no prize given out for guessing the date and the time. I don't guess. Man, I appreciate you calling in. It's really a great call and a great reminder to us all. Um, good, good ideas, good thoughts, good perspective by all of our callers tonight. This is the Bible Live Quiz Show. I hope you'll join us next Sunday night after we've read more from the Book of Ezekiel all this coming week. Join with us. We look forward to. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.